taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Good morning, good afternoon, PPC Rockstars fans. We have a very, 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 very special guest today. Prolific author, stimulating speaker, all-around amazing person, none other than one of your favorites, my personal favorite, Melissa Mackey. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you, David. Wow. Yeah. How can I top that? We might as well end the show now. Well, you don't have to. You just, just <laughs> you know, come on every week or two and, you know, we'll get the ratings and everyone's happy. There you go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you uh, keep grinding out these uh, amazing blog posts on your personal blog, which is called beyondthepaid.com. And one of them caught my eye, uh, especially this time, because it is so useful and bordering on genius. Oh, no, let's say it, genius. Four unconventional ways to do keyword research. And they are unconventional and they're very valuable. So let's, let's uh, walk through this. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, keyword research sounds so boring. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of a necessary evil in the job of, of pay-per-click. It's something that most campaigns are going to start with, at least if you're doing, you know, traditional search. Um, and the, the challenge with it is that everybody kind of ends up using the same tool, so the keyword, Google keyword tool. Um, and so everybody's looking at, you know, all competitors in an industry or a vertical are looking at kind of the same results that Google is spitting back as far as suggestions. So I got to thinking, you know, what else do we do um, at Gyro where I work to, to try to come up with different um, suggestions for keywords and, and building out these accounts? So the, the first one that I listed in my post is competitor tools. Um, there's a bunch of these out there. There's SEMrush, there's SpyFu, there's AdGuru, there's one called iSpionage, um, and there's probably more that I didn't mention, and I don't endorse one over the other necessarily. Um, but you can use these tools to figure out what your competitors are bidding on. So you literally just put in their URL, and it will spit back to you a list of keywords that that this advertiser is bidding on, or it'll tell you that they're not bidding on any, which is always cool. Um, and so it's a good way to find out, you know, keywords that, that, um, that they're bidding on. A lot of it's going to be their brand names, but also maybe other terms that you didn't think of or didn't include. And if you're doing any competitor bidding at all, if you're bidding on competitor brands, which can be a very successful strategy, if you do it right, um, You'll find not only the, the terms that they're bidding on themselves, but also any misspellings. So the example I gave in my post was Verizon. And people, you know, no surprise, people don't know how to spell Verizon. Um, and so they're bidding on misspellings of their own brand. And so you can now learn what those are and include them in, in your competitor keyword list as well. Um, and, and what's nice about misspellings is a lot of times you can get even things like site links and stuff showing up. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, with with a misspelling of a competitor term. So, and, and you don't have to buy these services. They do have free kind of trial use that you can do. Um, so even if you're not 
you know, using this on a subscription basis, you can at least use the tools for keyword research. Good point. And I just want to add one caveat, which is that frequently when when one uses these tools, um, they see competitor keywords and it exposes uh, the the inexperience of the competitor. The competitor may be bidding on uh, keywords that uh, they really shouldn't be. And um, I remember early on in my PPC career, uh, just assuming that if a competitor was bidding on a term, then it must be a good one, and that's not always the case. I mean, for example, uh, this particular competitor is bidding on the keyword internet and Wi-Fi, and maybe they have deep pockets and they can afford to in cable, and, and maybe they can <laughs> afford to, but uh, uh, listeners don't blindly copy these keywords lists, just pour them into your PPC campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes that's enlightening too because you can see how literally how much money they're they're dumping into those keywords that right. are in all likelihood not performing at all for them. It shows you where the pockets of opportunity are on yep. longer tail terms within those buckets. Yep. Yeah, uh, the the example you gave um this was SEM rush uh shows the average CPC for each of the keywords, which is, you know, these tools are not perfect. They, they, can, they can be inaccurate, but um, within more, you know, a couple orders of magnitude sometimes, but uh, you can at least see the relative cost of uh, particular keywords. For example, there's one here for $8.33 a click, and uh, then there's another for $0.56 cents a click. So you can you can probably be assured that um, this particular competitor is paying more for the 833 than the 56. Right. And it gives you an idea of the competition on those terms, right? So, like, yes. you know, the higher price terms probably have more competitors. If you want to play in that space, you know, I'm not saying don't do it. You should if it's relevant to you, but just know that you are going to be up against a lot of competitors and you may find terms that are lower price. And again, if they make sense for your business, that's going to be your sweet spot. Certainly. Yep. Well, let's move into the next one. This is uh, one that I'm sure doesn't occur to most people, and that's Google News and Google Alerts. Yes. So um, one thing that I learned when I first started working in an agency years ago was set up Google Alerts for your for your brand and for your clients' brands. And, you know, when you're doing a lot of different programs for a client, you know, let's say you're running social media for them as well, um, or you're doing PR for them or whatever, you know, certain things that you might be doing at an agency, that's really informative because it keeps you up to date on what people are saying about the brand. But you can also leverage these for pay-per-click. So you might find out that people are talking about your brand in a different way than maybe you do. And we all fall into this trap where we may use jargon or you know, kind of almost brand names for products that really aren't very descriptive and don't tell searchers who may not be aware of you and your jargon what it is that you do or that you offer. So if you subscribe to Google Alerts and you get these emails in your inbox every morning, you can look and see how other people, whether it be news um, outlets or just people blogging or, you know, whatever, how they're talking about you and your products. And so, you may call your product acne medication. People might call it zit cream. Right. <laughs> and maybe you weren't thinking to bid on zit cream. You were only bidding on acne medication. So it, it kind of gives you these ideas that you wouldn't find in a keyword tool and that you wouldn't probably think of on your own. Yep. Um, 
It also gives you ideas for negative keywords. So if somebody, heaven forbid, within one of your client companies, you know, does something bad or maybe they do something good, you know, maybe they got a promotion or something and there's a lot of news buzz around them and people might search for, you know, Joe Smith at, you know, at Verizon Wireless, for example, well, they just want to know what happened with Joe Smith. They don't want to buy your services. So you want to add that as a negative so that people don't, you know, search on that and click sure. on your ads and cost you money. And you can do the same thing with Google News. Um, you can kind of see, you know, go in there, just do a search within Google News. Um, or you could do this in Yahoo or whatever. Um, but, you know, you can kind of see how people are talking about you and learn maybe some different ways that you can create keywords. Good point. Hey, just a, a, a slight tangent. Do you have a Google Alert set up for Van Halen? <laughs> I actually do. <laughs> How did you know? Busted. Busted. <laughs> I'm embarrassed now, but I'm really not because they're no, awesome. <laughs> no. did, did, you, did you see them on the Ellen show? I did. Wasn't that yeah. great? It was awesome. Yeah. Very they did cool. all that jumping around stuff and the whole I audience know. was jumping. Yeah, they're 60 years old and still doing that. It's awesome. It totally is, which which reminds me of the Who concert I saw last night. Pete Townsend will be 70 years old this year. They did like a 30-year, a three-hour concert, and he, and he was doing all his jumps and windmills and all that stuff. Just dynamite. Awesome. Speaking Love. of dynamite, we have some dynamite messages from our sponsors. Can you stay with us, Melissa? Sure. Thank you so much. And listeners, don't go away. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Melissa Mackey. 
And uh, we're going to segue from discussions of important musicians to a continued discussion of unique keyword research tools and techniques. Uh, we talked about Google News and Alerts. This is a, this is a great one. Assist keywords. Walk us through assist keyword use for keyword research. Absolutely. So this is now getting into uh, in Google Analytics. Um, so in Google Analytics, you can set up um, a, a multi-channel funnel. And what that does is it shows you the various channels that might have led to a conversion. So as we know, with a lot of different products and services, people don't always convert the first time they come to your website. They may be doing some research. They may be looking at you know things in different channels, organic, paid, uh, direct traffic, social, etc., and they might visit your site multiple times before ultimately converting. And you can see this data within Google Analytics. Um, and so you can actually use this to mine for keywords by finding out which terms assisted in a conversion that maybe didn't you know, end up in a last-click conversion action. And so when you look at this report, what you're going to see, and if you go to my blog, um, you can see a picture that I have in here of this. A lot of stuff is not provided, sadly. Um, the search engines are giving us less and less keyword data. But you will get some variations of keywords that people use to eventually convert. Um, and so you might look through here and find several terms organically that – led to an assisted conversion or even a direct conversion that you aren't bidding on. Um, and so, you know, you can always look at your organic traffic just directly within GA and, and find some keywords that way. But where I really find the hidden gems is in these assists because they don't show up on the radar. They don't show up in, you know, your organic uh, keyword list when you just go to that traffic report and look at how many goals it generated. It's not going to show that. But when you go to this multi-channel funnel report, it is going to surface that. And in the example, I have like six different keywords that were generating assisted conversions and few to no last-click conversions. Um, so this is really a gold mine in terms mm -hmm. of, of finding terms that not only are relevant, like you would find with the other ways that we already talked about, but that actually you know are converting because they already converted. Yeah, I mean – this this is almost a must do for every PPC manager. Um, you know, the, the, as you point out in the article, you might not come up with a, a you know, boatload of keywords this way, but you'll come up with some gems that um, you know you you aren't bidding on. There's just no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And and I actually did this for a client recently. It was someone that we had just launched. You know, it was a fairly new campaign. And I went in and looked at this and found a keyword in there, just one term. It's now their top converting keyword wow. for their entire account. So this can be really, really huge, people. Do not, that, do not ignore it. <laughs> no. And the multi-channel funnel uh, reports are available under the conversions tab on the left-hand side of Google Analytics, one that you might not visit very often. A lot of PPC managers just uh, focus on the AdWords tab. But um, do this. Yes, sure. Yeah. In fact, put put the podcast on pause. Go do it right now. We'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Using the PPC engine opportunities as negative keywords. This is a fun one. 
So I, I was working on a B2B client that has some technology for small businesses that they can sell gift cards. Um, so this is something that, you know, if you're a small business, you may not be able to get your head around and, you know, it might be tricky to do. Um, and and so we were bidding on kind of variations of, of, you know, sell gift cards in your business. And, and it was doing okay, but... We so then this little light bulb popped up, you know, in the opportunities section, um, and I looked at it. I was like, "Great, they've got you know 300 keyword suggestions for us for this particular ad group," mm-hmm. and everything was about you know either buying gift cards as a consumer or offloading gift cards because you're a consumer and you got one and you didn't want it and you wanted to re-gift it or just sell it for money. Pretty sad. Um, So needless to say, these were not keywords that we wanted to be bidding on. Um, So we went through and added, you know, hundreds of negatives that way. And so this is really, I mean, the opportunities have gotten better and better within the engines. They used to be just horrible. You know, it was all about how can you drive more traffic and spend more money? Um, recently I've gotten some good suggestions out of the opportunities tab, but you're you're still going to find these, especially within keyword suggestions. I don't think I've ever looked at the suggestions that they make and not found something that really should be a negative. Uh, You're right. They, they, they used to be abysmal. Now they're, you know, there, there may be some gems among the keywords that they suggest, but more often than not, you'll see keywords that should not be included and they should be included as negatives. So this right. is this this is a must do as well. I mean, this is uh, this is probably as important as running search query reports and um, coming up with negatives and possible positives that way. Yeah, if not even more important, because this is what Google thinks is relevant to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, as in the example I just gave, it's absolutely the opposite of what's relevant. So you need to tell them that by putting all these negatives in. We've come to the end of your article. We have. What else can we talk about? Facebook. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, because <clears throat> you, you you had another great post. I think after the keyword research one, Facebook is not for kids anymore. Um, so, you, as you pointed out, your agency focuses on B two B lead gen, and um, many of the listeners who do similar work probably still assume that Facebook is for consumer products and. Um, targeting people that are more likely to be buying directly. Help us understand how Facebook can be used for B2B. Sure. Um, so Facebook used to be terrible for B2B. And you know, you, you basically, you could only target by interests and who the heck knows what kind of diver. You know, if David, if you and I worked together at a pay-per-click agency and somebody wanted to target us, you know, certainly they might be able to realize that both of us like the who, but beyond that, they would have no clue what interests you and I have in common. Right. Um, that's no longer the case. With Facebook, so you can target job title, you can target, you know, you can get at uh, what they do for a living. You can get at even things like company size. It's almost approaching LinkedIn in terms of of targeting capabilities for business, mm-hmm. and the audience is way, way, way bigger than LinkedIn. Right. Um, so it, it really does work very well. We've had great success with it with our B2B clients. And um, you know, they've got all these objectives, which I talk about in my post. So again, it used to really just be either driving likes or driving site traffic. And it worked great for driving likes, but you had to pay for it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so sometimes that was not very effective and it worked sort of badly for driving traffic to your site. Um, but now they have, uh, you know, multiple, I think there's 10 objectives that you can choose from here. And it's pretty much anything you would want to do as a business um, on Facebook, whether it's B2B or B2C. And so you just go in here and identify what your objective is and and then, you know, and then put it on there. And not only can you create an audience that's more relevant, but you can have these call to action buttons that they include on there. So mm-hmm. it would be get the offer or, you know, learn more or things like that. And we've found it, it's so simple, but we've found those to be really effective for B2B as well because it kind of leads people into what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh Actually, have you tried using retargeting, Facebook retargeting for B2B? Um, we do do that. Um, that Actually, it's it's so funny how things are d- divvied up in agencies. Our media team actually runs that. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I get involved on a peripheral level, uh-huh. but I know that that's highly effective as well. Yeah, I would think so. And how about uh, custom audiences? Were you uh, the kind of custom audience where you upload an email list? Have you tried that? We have. And so that is a mixed bag for B2B. And the reason is um, most people want to receive B2B communications via their business email, and most people sign up for Facebook with a personal email. Oh, very good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, so, we, we've tried it and found, and, and you just explained it, we found that uh, there, was not, there was a surprisingly low overlap between the names on the list and Facebook members. Yes. And so the, the resultant you know, kind of merged, purged list was very small. Yeah, and you really can't even run those small audiences on Facebook. So we tried some stuff like backing into user IDs and things. It it was really difficult. Um, I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but I think the retargeting is really the way to go rather than custom audiences for B2B just because custom audiences are so hard. We've tried them several times and just haven't been able to make them work very well. Maybe there's something I'm missing, and I'd love if a listener knew that, that they could tweet me at Mel66 (laughs) and tweet David (laughs) at at Zatella and let us know how to do that because uh, I haven't had much luck with it. Speaking of luck, we're lucky to have some sponsors with important messages to listen to. So, uh, everyone, stay with us. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. 
disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with the Melissa Mackey. We were talking about Facebook custom audiences and uh, uploaded email lists and uh, also Facebook retargeting. And, and I, I wanted to pass along one tip about Facebook retargeting, which is that um, just like with Google remarketing, uh, retargeting necessitates placing a, a chunk of code from Facebook onto every page of the site. And... Uh, you should keep in mind that once that's done, the Facebook retargeting list starts to build, uh, and initially it's going to be very small. So I've seen cases where uh, advertisers started a Facebook retargeting campaign and were very disappointed initially because there's just no traffic, and it may take months for that traffic to build, or for the list size to build up to the point where there's significant traffic. Yeah, and so uh, something you might want to do, especially you B2B folks out there, is build your list as soon as possible. You know, get that pixel placed right away, right when you launch the landing page if you can, and then start building. And we do this with Google remarketing too, just so that you can build an audience. Because the nice thing with B2B is the sales cycles are pretty long a lot of times. So, you Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have a 90-day window that you're looking back or sometimes even more than that. So it'll give you a little bit of time to build an audience before you actually kick that campaign off. So we always put it in as kind of a phase two thing for clients so that there's not an expectation that they're going to get, you know, great converting huge volumes of remarketing or Facebook retargeting or any kind of retargeting, you know, whether you're doing, you know, even some of the networks that are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to build an audience right away really fast and really big. So put it in place as soon as you can, even even if you don't know what you're going to do with it yet. At least get that pixel on there. Sure. Can't hurt. So let me ask you this. Um, do you recommend using Facebook's conversion tracking or do you use uh, Google Analytics parameters to track through Google Analytics or is there a case to be made to use both? Um, I don't know that I would use both. I, I think... I mean, I probably wouldn't hurt anything. It just seems like, I don't know, overkill. We generally stick with Google Analytics. Now, that being said, there are benefits for using the Facebook Pixel because there is an objective to increase conversions on your website. And if you want to use that objective, you've got to use their Pixel. It's kind of like CPA bidding in AdWords, where if you want to use CPA bidding, you've got to use the AdWords Pixel. You can't just use Google Analytics goals you can to import them, but it's it's still. I don't think that works very well. It works. I've had it work much better with the, the native AdWords Pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely use it in that case. Um, and and you know with tag managers nowadays, it, there's really not the concern that there used to be years ago of of putting all of these pixels on your site because you just put them in that tag container and mm-hmm. then 
you're good to go. It doesn't slow down your page. You know, everything kind of still works for the most part. So there are cases where you would want to go ahead and use the, the Facebook pixel. Um, if you want to use the conversion tracking, you know, increase conversions on your website objective, you'll definitely need it for that. Otherwise, we usually just use the Google Analytics pixel. Um, it's easier to have everything all in one place. Um, but that being said, you know, there are reasons that you would want to use the Facebook pixel or maybe even both of them. Um, with tag managers, you can use as, almost as many pixels as you want. It doesn't slow down pages like it used to. And um, that tends to work pretty well. So I think it's really thinking about what you want to do with these campaigns and making sure that, that you're using the right pixel or pixels. Totally agreed. Hey, one last question. We're coming to the close right now, but um, have you uh, had much experience with Twitter cards for B2B lead gen? Yes, absolutely. So Twitter cards are awesome. We have used lead gen cards. We've used just a, a static card that has you know a picture and an offer that you can then attach to different tweets. Um, they're really effective. So I think really the most effective campaigns that we've done in Twitter, which that can also be tricky for B2B, but it, it can work really well, um, are campaigns that use those cards, especially the lead gen card. It couldn't be easier. You can feed it right into Eloqua or another you know, CRM that you might be using. There, there's a way to connect it directly to that. And so it, it, um, the cards are, are – I, I highly recommend them for B2B. Well, let's save that for a future show. We don't have time to go into into it in detail right now, but I'd really like to explore it. Hey, listen, Melissa, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. And and for us and and all the listeners and and George, um, you're our favorite. I, you know, I, I I don't know what to say. Wow, I'm getting choked I'm, up a little bit here. I'm humbled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm choked up too. <laughs> Group hug. I know. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm looking forward to our next uh, show together, and uh, you take care of yourself. You too, David. Rest your voice. I will. And listeners, thanks for hanging with us. Join us next week for another episode of PPC Rockstars. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.